Hey everyone, this is Mark Ruffalo, and you're listening to News Coup with Public Herald. One does not necessarily allow the state to define what is legal. Now, the state has the power to enforce a certain concept of what is legal, but power doesn't imply justice or correctness even. Throughout American history, the political leaders have always exhorted the American people to be nice and quiet and leave things to them. But when very serious evils confronted the American people, they had to go beyond the congressmen and the senators, and they had to commit civil disobedience, and they had even to break the law. This is News Coup, a Public Herald Studios production where we overthrow the status quo. I'm your host, Joshua Probanek, Editor-in-Chief at Public Herald, and this is Episode 18 Quote, they're a bunch of liars, end quote. Records expose lies about injection well safety. Back in 2021, Public Herald journalists, myself and Melissa Troutman, were both deposed in an injection well lawsuit that involved Grant Township. So the way this story got put together is that we're looking at all of the different ways that fracking's radioactive waste is being handled across the state and across the country as well. And one of the ways that the wastewater is most often handled is that it's taken to an injection well, which is generally, you know, an abandoned uh, oil and gas well or a formerly producing oil and gas well. And they dump that into that well and fill up that cavern underground with the wastewater that was once a place that oil or gas was held. So this happens, you know, across the country in large, large volumes. Uh, Pennsylvania just having very, very, very few of these. That's, that's what we think. Having so few of these, and there not being much of a narrative about it, the oil and gas attorneys then, then took our reports and said, look, we looked at your complaint report, and we went through the 10,000 different complaints that you guys released from the State Department of Environmental Protection. And we could only find one complaint that was about injection wells. You know, one complaint out of the 10,000. And guess what? That complaint that we found didn't have anything to do with water contamination. So this is, this is one of the points that they brought to me in my deposition. And I quickly answered that, listen, we didn't write an investigation about how the DEP handled injection well complaints for that report. We wrote an investigation for how they handle complaint investigations overall. And we found systemic misconduct. The attorneys were basically bringing, you know, this lie into the court that there was no risk to water contamination because the records we published don't show a risk. And DEP just sat there. You know, they got up and started asking questions and talked about it. And nobody corrected this oil and gas attorney uh, for for the false information they were trying to present to the court. Nobody, you know, from the DEP uh, thought to try and, like, clarify that by bring their own data to make it clear that there were more out there. And there's probably a good reason for it because once we, once we looked at it, then once we dug into these records, it just exposes a lie that both the state and industry have been pushing on the public since the inception of the injection well program. If you find these kind of exclusive reports important, you can support our work by becoming a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash public herald and for as little as a dollar a month, get access to 
all of our documentaries, any other exclusives that we release behind the scenes, and just help to be there for us during these investigations, which require a ton of resources in order to get them out of the state's office, go into the field and confirm everything and bring it back to the public. I want to say thank you to all of you who signed up since the last story came out. Uh, we really appreciate your support and to all of our other patrons at Public Herald who are helping to make these kinds of stories happen. And with that, I'm going to hand this show off to our editor, Melissa Troutman, and she'll be reading directly from the story. Lori Barr has been plagued by smelly and seeping toxic waste in her work to hunt down and plug abandoned oil and gas wells. Her home state of Pennsylvania is the second largest producer of natural gas in the United States and has more than 200,000 abandoned wells, more than anywhere in the country. The waste created by the oil and gas industry, which is full of chemicals, heavy metals, and radioactive material, is a complex problem plaguing communities across the United States, especially those in shale basins like the Marcellus. One of the most contested methods of dealing with all of this oil and gas waste is to inject it underground into older oil and gas wells. These converted underground injection control wells, or UIC wells, like abandoned wells, can be sources of toxic pollution and climate-disrupting methane. Now, Barr believes there are thousands of injection wells operating all across Pennsylvania, especially the Allegheny National Forest, with little to no oversight. Many of them are abandoned by oil and gas companies that closed their businesses without cleaning up and properly retiring their wells. The story that the oil and gas industry and government officials gives to the public is that injection wells are safe and pose no risks to fresh water. In a presentation to residents of Bear Lake in Warren County, where several injection wells have been used for oil and gas waste disposal since 2012, industry claims the waste is, quote, not toxic, end quote. But contrary to that claim, researchers have consistently found that contaminants in oil and gas waste are toxic to aquatic life, land and plants, and water. Yale University, among others, has also found oil and gas waste toxic to humans. In its fact sheet about injection wells, the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection writes, Quote, the history of underground disposal shows that it is a practical, safe, and effective method for disposing of fluids from oil and gas production. End quote. But Barr disagrees. They're a bunch of liars, she said. According to Pennsylvania's public records, she isn't wrong.
To see how injection wells are actually performing, one must go on a hunt through multiple DEP databases, compare data sets, request records via right to know law, and then scrub and synthesize all of that data to come up with an answer. Public Herald began this daunting task in spring 2022, starting with a review of citizen complaints related to injection wells. And so far, Pennsylvania's complaint records reveal that, like Barr said, the story that industry and state are telling the public about injection well safety is a lie. When researching injection wells, the first and most basic question you need to ask is, how many are there? It seems like a simple enough question. But as it turns out, the number of injection wells in Pennsylvania changes depending on where you look. First, there are two types of injection wells in Pennsylvania. Class 2D injection wells for oil and gas waste disposal, and Class 2R injection wells for enhanced recovery, where fluids are injected underground to push up more oil and gas in other wells. Now, all of them are regulated by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency under the Underground Injection Control Program. It may seem like these are two separate kinds of wells, but both Enhanced Recovery R and Disposal D wells inject waste underground, where it remains in perpetuity. There are some differences, however. According to EPA, Enhanced Recovery wells only inject conventional oil and gas waste, Disposal wells inject both conventional and unconventional waste. Also, enhanced recovery injection wells are not regulated as stringently as the Class 2D disposal wells, where EPA requires extra federal regulations for disposal wells in order to protect drinking water. Since 1984, it's been EPA's responsibility to handle injection well permitting, and in some states, federal authority of injection wells is shared with state regulators. In Pennsylvania, authority is shared with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection, or DEP. And once a company gets a permit from EPA, they also have to get one from DEP. Both agencies make the number of injection wells public. The trouble is, those numbers are hard to nail down because at first glance, they don't even match. For example, EPA lists 29 companies permitted for 45 underground injection wells in Pennsylvania on its website. We had to email EPA for confirmation about whether these were all disposal wells and EPA told Public Herald that 18 are disposal wells operated by 12 companies, and the other 11 injection wells are for enhanced recovery. So let's say the number is there are 18 disposal injection wells by 12 companies. That's the EPA's number. 
The DEP, however, lists only 16 disposal wells for 10 companies on its underground injection control webpage. According to EPA, the DEP's number is lower because the department hasn't issued permits for some of the wells that EPA has. Then there's DEP's Waste Disposal Well Database, which also includes injection wells. It lists 16 companies with 23 injection well permits dating back to 1961. Of these, seven are plugged. We won't count those, even though they too can leak and pose pollution risks. Of the remaining 16 disposal wells, 14 are listed active, one regulatory inactive, and one is revoked. And these are the ones that DEP lists on the aforementioned UIC webpage. But all of these numbers are far, far from all of Pennsylvania's injection wells. DEP Press Secretary Jamar Thrasher also sent Public Herald a third list of 10,543 injection wells that Thrasher said are, quote, likely used for flooding the formation to push out oil or gas to a production well, end quote. In other words, for enhanced recovery. Likely, he wrote, but not certainly. Barr isn't surprised that there are that many. She shared maps of historic oil fields in northern Pennsylvania with us that show far more of these flood wells for injection than actual oil wells. There were so many that the landscape was completely covered in them. In 2021, Public Herald was deposed for a lawsuit against Grant Township, a municipality in Indiana County where Pennsylvania General Energy is trying to inject its oil and gas waste into a Class 2D disposal well permitted by EPA and DEP. Attorneys for Grant Township used Public Herald investigations as evidence of DEP failure and its duty to protect Pennsylvanians' clean air and water. With the DEP attorneys at its side, PGE's industry attorney argued that injection wells are not a risk to water in Pennsylvania, pointing to the state's own citizen complaint investigations released by Public Herald back in 2017. PGE claimed that there was only one single case among the complaint records where a resident reported a problem connected to injection wells and that the complaint had nothing to do with water contamination. Therefore, water contamination from injection wells, they argued, was a non-issue. But either by ignorance or omission, the industry and state failed to acknowledge over a dozen additional complaints related to injection wells in those records, including ones that implicated the pollution of water sources. During the deposition, 
Public Herald was unsure how many complaints actually dealt with injection wells. But after industry made such a point of it, we decided to go back and take a closer look. A simple keyword search of those 2004 to 2016 complaint records immediately revealed that contrary to PGE's argument, the citizen complaint records show at least 14 injection well complaints, not only one. And that's just the surface of what's out there. In the records, there are an additional 781 complaints related to abandoned wells, which include flood or enhanced recovery injection wells. Abandoned wells can also be conduits for contamination by injection wells that introduce pressure and fluids nearby. To dig further, Public Herald filed a right-to-know request for injection well complaints from 2016 forward to 2021 and found even more related to water. In fact, an astonishing 83% of these new complaint records described damage to water supplies and violations to Pennsylvania's Clean Streams Law. At least half a dozen communities in Pennsylvania have tried to stop injection wells in order to protect their water, asking regulators to consider documented cases of water pollution and earthquakes caused by injection wells. Among them are Clara Township in Potter County, Highland Township in Elk County, Brady Township in Clearfield County, Columbus Township in Warren County, Plum Borough in Allegheny County, and Grant Township in Indiana County. Most of these communities got injection wells anyway, except Grant Township. Three years after issuing an injection well permit and suing the township for apparently interfering with its authority, the DEP revoked the injection well permit in Grant. The department didn't drop its lawsuit, however, And this is the case where Public Herald was deposed and our complaint reports were used as evidence. Lo and behold, years later, residents' fears about water contamination in the communities that ended up with injection wells have become reality. Despite industry and regulators pushing this story that injection wells meet strict safety standards, Citizen complaints to the DEP offer a glimpse into how those standards fail to protect water. Public Herald's latest right-to-know of DEP citizen complaints uncovered 18 more from 2016 to 2021 for underground injection control wells, 15 of which included water pollution. Eight of the 18 injection well complaints resulted in violations to the Commonwealth's Clean Streams Law. But at five more injection wells, 
DEP inspectors found clean streams law violations and chose not to issue violations, which makes the real total of complaints with clean streams law violations 13 out of 18 complaints. Highland Township, Elk County, amassed the most complaints, 11 out of 18, all involving threats to water. Highland Township tried to prohibit injection wells in 2013 in order to protect, quote, local water quality and health, end quote. But they were bullied into submission under threat of litigation by Seneca Resources. In eight of the 11 Highland Township cases, dating 2014 to 2016, DEP issued clean streams law violations to ARG resources for leaks, spills, and contamination. In the remaining three cases, DEP noted similar violations, but chose not to issue violations, citing department discretion in two of them. Now, in cases where discretion is involved, DEP asks ARG resources to fix the problems in lieu of levying citations. The company eventually complies, erasing the violations from the company's history. But this paints an inaccurate picture of industry conduct. It masks real environmental impact and it skews violation statistics that DEP reports to the governor's office and to the public every year. Three years later, ARG was out of business, leaving DEP and EPA to attempt to clean up the site in Highland Township. The state turns a blind eye to anything in the oil field that makes one company look bad, Barr said. She's documented dozens of violations by so-called bad actors who DEP has permitted to pollute without really holding them accountable. In 2011, township officials in Columbus, Warren County, tried to prohibit regulators from permitting an injection well that was going to import oil and gas waste from outside the township, but their efforts failed. Almost 10 years later, the Bear Lakes Bittinger No. 2 injection well in Columbus leaked oil and gas waste and suffered a downhole equipment failure in 2021. But even though DEP cited other companies for similar violations, they chose not to issue Bear Lakes any violations for these infractions. Also in 2011, Warren County citizens warned regulators about undocumented abandoned wells in the area that posed a threat to their water supplies if injection wells were approved. EPA and DEP issued the injection well permits anyway, and in 2021, in Bear Lake Borough, complaint number 359243 led to DEP's discovery of a leaking abandoned well adjacent to the Bittinger injection site. Abandoned wells 
like the tens of thousands that Lori Barr hunts down to get plugged, can communicate with injection wells underground, providing a pathway for pollution to spread that can travel for miles. Just north of Pittsburgh, close to the city's water supply, an injection well in nearby Plumborough suffered mechanical issues in 2021, the same time that residents next door reported water problems. Katie Sheehan lives less than 500 feet from Penico Resources' Sadat injection well. First permitted by DEP in 2020, Penico started injecting waste shortly after. In its review of Penico's permit, DEP concluded, quote, Penico's proposed operation is sufficient to protect surface water and water supplies, end quote. But in the summer of 2021, the spring at Sheehan's parents' home next door went bad for the first time ever. Sheehan filed two complaints with DEP describing the spring's foul odor and taste as well as strong, acid-like odors, irritating to the eyes, skin, and nostrils, coming from a water well on her own property. Sheehan told Public Herald that her family was told they shouldn't drink the water. Penico hauled drinking water for Sheehan's parents and their cattle for a couple of months until DEP concluded that the injection well wasn't the cause of their water pollution. Like I said, my dad's lived in that area his entire life, and there was never a problem with color clarity or odors in the water. And there was a mechanical failure up at the injection well, and around that time is when we noticed the issues with my parents' water. Later, the company offered to drill a new water well for Sheehan, but only if she signed an agreement that she would never talk about them to anyone, including media, or sue them over anything in the future. She declined. Sheehan now rents a 2,500-gallon water tank, pays to get water trucked in, and buys bottled water for drinking. It costs her about $200 a month. She considered installing a cistern to collect rainwater, but air monitors on her property detect spikes in volatile organic compounds since the injection well started operating. Some days, she said, the air smells like chemicals and causes headaches. Cistern is not going to roll out contaminants because obviously if it's in the air, it's going to go up and come back down in rain, fall. So right now the safest option, I feel, is to continue to get the water trucked in. It's a daily stress. Um, you know, you try to lock what you can out, but... Um, I would say when the injection well first went up, uh, just you could tell that there was activity up on the hill and then the truck traffic started coming. Every time it goes up, you just think, well, there's you know another load of carcinogenic material that they're going to dump. Oil and gas waste, including what's being trucked past Sheehan's home and dumped into injection wells, contains high levels of radium-226 a human carcinogen with a half-life of 1,600 years. 
It's a type of teenworm, or technologically enhanced naturally occurring radioactive material that's found throughout the oil and gas industry. The health effects of radium exposure are extensive. A 1990 report by the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry found that chronic radium exposure led to cancers, mainly types of bone cancer, and even death. Four records included in the complaint file show water test results at the homes of the Yanity family. This is where Pennsylvania General Energy's Yanity injection well in Grant Township was permitted and then revoked because of the township's ban. There was no complaint record included. It was just the water well test results for methane and minerals. But DEP's violation database shows that, at the same time, in June 2021, the Yanity injection well was cited for defective casing and cementing. Two months later, DEP noted in a follow-up inspection that PGE was required to submit a plan to remediate the issue, but failed to do so. Now, over a year later, Violation records from October 2022 reveal that even though the Yanity well passed an EPA mechanical integrity test, there is still gas migration and questions about casing integrity overall. In the meantime, Grand Township may have avoided the contamination threats that prompted their ban on waste injection in the first place. By banning the injection well years ago and refusing to back down when taken to court, Grant prevented toxic radioactive waste from being disposed into the Yanity well before structural problems occurred. According to DEP, the Yanity well may still be permitted for waste injection in the future. Public Herald's documentary Invisible Hand covers the Yanity injection well fight in Grant Township. The 18 complaints provided by DEP from 2016 to 2021 only scratch the surface of injection well problems in Pennsylvania. For example, buried in a 356-page document uploaded to DEP's website is a record of Exco Resources waste fluid spill in Clearfield County at its Spencer Land number 2 injection well. A faulty hose let loose 60 barrels of waste, and Exco's spill containment failed to stop about 30 barrels of waste from flowing off-site just uphill of Watts Creek. Jenny Lissack was one of the Clearfield County residents who opposed local injection wells. It's just been a nightmare for me for the past... Since 2009, you know, when they came to town, I just thought, oh, you know, every time that some major storm or even a story that Public Herald does, I thought, okay, this is it, you know. Right. <laughs> but yeah. then nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in the entire community wanted that injection well 
and it was appealed multiple times. I mean, not any of the citizens, not any of the powers that be, not our county commissioners or township supervisors. And and the, and I and you would just couldn't even believe that it doesn't matter. I mean, we know that it doesn't matter, but it was hard to believe that it didn't matter because right. there was so much. There's so much wrong. On top of injecting radioactive oil and gas waste underground, Public Herald investigations have found that Pennsylvania allows industry to send inadequately treated waste to rivers and streams via landfill leachate and waste facility discharge. Regulators also allowed the road spreading of oil and gas wastewater called brine for dust suppression and de-icing for decades before being forced to place a moratorium on the practice. Research by Penn State University in 2021 found that, in Pennsylvania from 2008 to 2014, the spreading of oil and gas wastewater on roads released 200 times more radium than spill events. These oil and gas waste methods, permitted by DEP and EPA, have introduced cancer-causing T-norm to waterways, groundwater, and the public that wouldn't be there otherwise, driving radium to levels above background. The situation with fracking wastewater disposal doesn't appear to improve with injection wells, despite the bill of goods that state and industry have sold to the public. And it may even be worse due to the fact that Once contamination reaches an underground water source, there are fewer remediation options, if any. According to hydrogeologist Bob Haig, once a groundwater aquifer is contaminated, its useful life for drinking is over. New Hope did strike in 2017 that DEP would be held accountable for looking past pollution when Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro was elected to office. But after five years of investigating cases of water contamination and a scathing grand jury report about DEP's failures, the Attorney General has failed to hold DEP accountable. Everybody right now that's in the DEP's oil and gas management are liars, Barr told Public Herald. They're really, really bad and provably liars. It's, it's not something I'm just pulling out my ass. They, they, they can't tell the truth to save their life. And they're covering up and they just cover up and cover up and cover up. Today, as Shapiro runs for Pennsylvania governor, the misconduct by DEP and industry seems all but forgotten during the campaign. But the story remains there, buried inside DEP's records.
And this has been another exclusive episode of News Coup. You can find News Coup on any of your favorite podcast channels. If you haven't become a patron yet, you can go to patreon.com slash publicherald to do so there. If you don't have the resources right now for that, you could subscribe to us on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash publicherald. And you can go to any of those podcast channels on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a rating and try and kick this podcast up in the feed. This story has been brought to you by myself and Melissa Troutman, who are the co-authors, and we edited the story with contributions from Jake Conley and Emma Lichtwart, all of the photography coming from photojournalist Stephen Rubin. And you can check that out uh, by going to publicherald.org slash injection wells. That'll take you straight to the story. Or you can just go to publicherald.org, see the story at the top, click it there, go through the photos, and see what's going on. And today's music comes from Heavy Colors' Invisible Hand soundtrack, which is available on Bandcamp. Episode 18 was engineered by myself, with contributions from Andrew Geller, and distribution by Public Herald Studios. If you want to read more stories from the series, you can go to publicherald.org slash tnorm. Thank you all for coming here to listen. I'm your host, Joshua Pervanic, and we'll see you at the next story.